The Dr. Taz Show. The podcast, Dr. Taz. Superwoman Wellness. Here's Dr. Taz. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to this episode of Superwoman Wellness, where you know I'm determined to bring you back to your superpowered self. Today, we are talking about one of my favorite antioxidants, ingredients, supplements, you name it, but I love it. It's called glutathione. And joining me today is Dr. Nayan Patel. He's an internationally recognized expert, a consultant and lecturer on glutathione, and has been a respected pharmacist for 22 years. After studying mechanical engineering and chemistry at California State University, uh, Fullerton, he received his PharmD degree from the USC School of Pharmacy, where he now serves as adjunct faculty. He lives with his family in Southern California. His book is The Glutathione Revolution. Welcome to the show, Dr. Patel. Thank you, Dr. Taz. Appreciate to be in the show. Well, I'm excited about this because actually, before we even uh, started this episode, I just came back from my practice where I do glutathione pushes, IV pushes every few weeks because I feel better and it just sort of keeps my energy up. And especially if I'm about to get on a plane or do any of these type of things, you know, I, I firmly believe in it. But for everybody out there, they're probably wondering what is glutathione and why has it become such a focus for you? It has been a focus for me for over 10 years because all the hype went to vitamin C and we all know vitamin C is not produced by humans. So even though it's a great product and something that we should use it, my my first inclination was, can I get glutathione to do the same function as vitamin C and get it stable enough to do that for us? And so my research went back as a company pharmacist myself I'm always in the lab trying to create and make the product better all the time. And while I was making the IV glutathione all these years, I stumbled upon a stable form of glutathione and hence my research started about 11 years ago. And since then I have learned and read a lot about glutathione. Pretty much it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a protein that our body produces as the most abundantly but at the same time, we also worried about if the body produces so much, isn't the body going to make it for you? Uh, and we always think about that the body's going to be supposed to make what we need, but we don't realize that. We tend to go a little bit indulgent on our lifestyle. And so our needs will exceed what the body can produce. And so, and so we start seeing some issues related to low levels of glutathione. And that's what the book is all about is how can we replace those levels back? What can we do to boost those levels back? And what can you expect out of it? I think this is so important because again, you know, I have a clinical practice that I've had for over a decade. We see all kinds of patients and we do a lot of different types of testing. And one of the things we see over and over again in a lot of our testing is that glutathione levels are very low and we're measuring them typically in blood and urine and a combination of the two to make that conclusion. And the results we get you know, from glutathione, whether it's IV or oral or topical are pretty remarkable when it's the right fit for the right person. Glutathione for a lot of folks out there, you may not have a visual or a conception, you know, like a conceptual image of what it is. I, I always call it, a, you know, the number one supercharged antioxidant. I know you call it the master of all antioxidants. Why, why does it get that reputation? Why do we both feel like it's so important when it is something the body already produces? Why is it playing such a big role in our health? 
So it is playing a biggest role in our health. I don't think it's playing a big role. I think it plays the biggest role in our health. And the reason is because it's even though it's a protein molecule, it's a very simple protein. It's a three amino acid chain protein, which is the simplest form of protein. But the functions could be anywhere from antioxidants to detoxifier to a immune modulator and, and things that a body needs on a day-to-day basis. Now, we are living through this pandemic, and uh, there's a study being done recently that people that are having, uh, uh, having low immune system, having low glutathione levels, is one of the indicators on how people are getting the viruses. And I'm not sure if this were correlated or not, but too many things are pointing towards us that, hey, we have to build our immune system as best as possible. And the reason why glutathione is so important is because at one function, it can work to quench all the electrons from the atmosphere. At a second function, it can help uh, mobilize some of the toxins from your liver and helps becomes the metabolic pathway uh, accelerator, so to speak, to see if it can detoxify some of these molecules out of the body at a faster rate. So based on the function it does, we call him antioxidant, we call him a protein, we call him whatever we want to call him, but we call him the master because it is the only molecule that can regenerate itself inside of a body. That wow. means when, when you take vitamin C at a low dose vitamin C, it, it works as an antioxidant and the way it works, it regenerates a glutathione to become active again. Uh, and at a high-dose vitamin C, people are using high-dose vitamin C in IVs and all those other practices that, that, that you may be using. Mm-hmm. It's a pro-oxidant. That means it has changed from an antioxidant to pro-oxidant because the, uh, the way it, it mobilizes or regenerates glutathione is finished, and now it becomes a pro-oxidant. So I consider glutathione as a backbone for all of our issues, current issues, especially when it comes to immune system, when it comes to uh, daily aging, healthy aging, healthy living. So, you know, I agree with you more and it's a big part of our practice. And I'll tell you the other place where it really has a role and we probably need more research on it and to talk about it more is in the whole world of neurocognitive issues. We've seen such a change, whether it's children dealing with sensory issues, autism, you know, uh, you, we have a lot of these children that have like OCD, ADD, ADHD, you know, and then also they're, they're very sensory. Like you put clothes on them, it bothers them. Sound, light, texture, all these things bother them so much. Many of them have defects in something called methylation, which then also means that they have defects in glutathione production and their ability to hold on to it. They're just going through it too quickly because they're so sensitive to toxicity. And I think like the next frontier in medicine, when I sit back and I look at kind of what walks through our practices is simply, it's going to be toxicity. And that's why glutathione is so important because it helps us. It helps the liver remove this stuff. It helps us to regenerate. And as you already said, it plays such a great role in anti-aging. So let's break down a couple of things. And I think you talk about this in the book. What are some of the natural ways to increase or, you know, we've established it's important. We've established that it plays a role in all these different, you know, scenarios. What are some natural ways that we can upregulate glutathione or increase our own internal manufacturing of it? Okay, so I'll take one step back and say that how to increase your glutathione levels naturally. One 
is I always advocate is that you, we cannot give you enough medicines to produce or give you more glutathione. The best thing I can tell you is that stop using glutathione for unnecessary reasons. Mm. That means if you're, if you're in the habit of drinking alcohol every single day, cut back on that because alcohol yeah. will require a lot of glutathione level. If exposure, if your exposure to high toxicities environment, uh, or if you live living near a factories where they have a lot of pollution, uh, move, uh, get away from those kinds of places. Eat a regular diet where where you are not exposed to a lot of pesticides and fertilizers and all those things. So the first thing I'll tell you is that reduce your dependency on external sources of glutathione. Mm-hmm. That's the number one thing. Number two thing is we can help our body produce more glutathione on its own naturally by, by taking all the amino acids, right? When it's cysteines, glutamine, glycines, you can get those from whey isolates and, and milk products and, and, and some of the foods that they, that they have that, like asparagus has it, avocados have it. Uh, so you can eat those, those foods to somehow get the building blocks and the body will produce its own glutathione levels as well. Um, keep in mind, glutathione, when it's produced internally or if you take it from IVs or any other forms, has a very short life. So it's not that if I ate, if, I, if, I, if I'm healthy for one week, I'm set for the whole month. No, you may be, you may be healthy for one week, then you, you're okay for one week and four hours. That's about it. Wow. So this, it's a lifestyle change. And I always advocate people that whatever you do, you do things consciously. We have, we have been programmed to do everything automatic. You know, we get in the car, we start driving, we forget where we're supposed to go, but the car remembers where we're supposed to go and we start driving. Mm-hmm. If you do things consciously, then our dependency on external sources to take care of our needs will reduce. And so I, I'm a big proponent of that. Exercise will, at low levels, will boost glutathione levels. Mm-hmm. But I have I have NFL athletes, I have boxers, I have MMA fighters using this product because they exercise way too much, they right. work on way too much, and the oxygen stress because of that, they need external sources for uh, to to reduce those 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 inflammation down. But average person like me and you, we don't want to do that. We want to stay healthy in moderation, excess just enough so that you're mobile. How do you know I'm not like training and I'm not in the NBA and stuff like that? You don't know that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I hope not. No, then, no. You, then you'll need a lot of glutathione. <laughs> right. Right. And that's a lot more inches I need too, probably to, to be able to do all that. But no, I agree. I mean, this is exactly, we talk about this with patients all the time and you know, how oxidative stress, maybe talk about oxidative stress for a second. I feel like I use that word and yes. get kind of, cross-eyed, like, you know, the lights go out, so to speak. So how would you simplify? So inflammation, I feel like everyone understands. Everyone has their head wrapped around what inflammation is. Inflammation is something to watch out for to tone down. Oxidative stress, how would you explain that so that people can kind of understand that a little bit? That's a tough one, but let let, let, let me stab at it. Yeah. Uh, So oxidative stress, I always feel like oxygen is an angel of life and angel of death. You need enough oxygen to survive, but too much can also kill us. So we look at oxygen as as something that we need on a daily basis, but with that comes a lot of stress with it because oxygen is a reactive species. When we talk about oxygen stress, is 
is oxygen-like stress that is induced on our body by pollution, by our own thinking. When we get anxiety and mood swings and depression, it's putting more stress on our body. If you get infection, that puts a tremendous stress on your body. Your body has to deal with it. And all the stressors, markers, we can program them into or categorize them into inflammation. We can categorize them into some diseases like diabetes or osteoporosis or, or God forbid, cancers or infections. But the, the, the bottom line is it's coming from something external that your body is trying to respond to it. And when that oxidative stress increases, it could be a very simple as you exposure to sunlight, and now you have a lot of electrons in your body that is that is a that is more like an electrical engineering in our body that's taking care of it versus more towards me, a mechanical where your joints have been affected or your movements have been affected. Uh, so I see oxidative stress as something that is compassing all these different things from external sources that the body has to deal with it. And our body only produces one product to deal with it. That's the most amazing part, is your body produces enough glutathione to deal with this electrons, excellent, the quenches of the electrons. It will deal with the uh, uh, pollution or the organic phosphates and the hydrocarbons that we consume and try to get rid of it. And it can also deal with those external sources of inflammation. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm sure you have used the uh, glutathione for a lot of inflammatory markers right. in your practice, yeah. and the results are just dramatic. And if you dose it correctly, it could be a miracle for your life. And that's what I'm so passionate about this thing. It's just, it's, it's hard to put things into simple words. And hence, my journey was the last two and a half years is just to get this thing on a piece of paper yeah. so, so people can read up on it. I think it's such important information. I've seen the same thing that you're saying, and, and it is game-changing, and it is life-changing for so many people, different ages, different conditions. And of course, the superficial part, too, we see it added to beauty products, touted for hair growth, you know, all that other stuff. So let's talk about how to take it, though. We've talked about some food sources for it, how yes. to not deplete your body stores of glutathione by really watching things like how much alcohol you drink, your stress levels, your toxicity load, you know, all these things that we, we try to do, but then in the hurry and scurry, like we, we lose sight of quite often, even when we know better. So if we do decide to take glutathione, I just told you, I, I get IV glutathione pushes periodically, you know, what, you know, I've heard a lot of debate that it doesn't absorb orally. It's not good to take it orally. You could do it topically. You could do it via IV. What have you seen in terms of delivery modes, dosing, these type of things for different uh, types of conditions? Okay. So let me just go. I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm going to give, I'm going to give myself a shameless plug over here. Okay. Do you have a patent on the topical form of glutathione? But that's not, the, that's not the topic over here. But I want to mention to you, because for the last 20 years, we produced the IV form of glutathione. And because that was the best option until we discovered this other form of glutathione. Mm -hmm. So you can take orally. You, there's some liposomal base to somehow mask the degradation of the glutathione via your stomach lining. Uh, regardless of which form you use it, keep in mind, it's a protein. And when protein hits your stomach, it's going to be broken down into different amino acids, and then the body will try to rebuild again to glutathione. 
um, IV probably will get you the best way to get the glutathione into your, into your bloodstream. But keep in mind, glutathione is produced intracellularly in the mitochondria. Mm -hmm. Glutathione is a large molecule, and once it leaves the mitochondria, it cannot go back in there. Okay, so even if you give IVs, the, the life expectancy of glutathione, even with the IV form, is anywhere from a few minutes, 10 to 15 minutes, to up to three hours maximum. Mm. So in reality, it is no matter what form of glutathione you use, you have to keep on taking it on a, on a continuous basis. It wasn't until about 11 years ago we discovered a stable form of glutathione to deliver through your skin uh, at a very high absorption rate. And that's how my journey began on glutathione. Um, and so I am biased in that sense. I, I'll be very honest with you because of the discovery that we did. We did get issued a patent for stabilizing glutathione at room temperature and delivering it through your skin, the very first in the world. So we have patents here in China and all over the world. And we are, we are changing the world on how glutathione is delivered from now onwards till the future because we can spray ourselves topically every four hours if we have to, if the oh, needs wow. are there, if the needs are there. And how, how is that determined? I mean, is there a dose that your product delivers or that you recommend via IV? And is yeah. it based on condition? Like, okay, so say someone's listening to us today and they decide they want to try glutathione and they go and grab some off a shelf. Like, how would they dose it? How would they know how to take it? Like, what, what happens next? So what we have done is, you know, a clinical trial. So keep in mind, I'm still a pharmacist. So I, I do those studies simple. I work with thousands of physicians all over the United States. So we have a lot of doctors that we work with. And over the years, we have tried giving them 50 milligrams per dose, 100 milligrams per dose, 200 milligrams per dose, 400 milligrams per dose. At some point, we had to find out at what dose am I going to get the best cost-benefit ratio? Because gluten is expensive. Mm -hmm. No matter what you spice it, it's so we need to find out which is the cost benefit ratio. Just because I can I can take a thousand milligrams of glutathione right now, but if we can only use it for the next three hours, what good is thousand units of milligrams if my if I can only process let's see hundred milligrams in the in the next three hours? Right. So we had to do, we had to figure those dosings out, and the correct dose that we have found out is if your body can absorb anywhere from ninety to one hundred fifteen milligrams at a time, any, any, any which doses form you choose to use every four hours will get you the best cost benefit ratio because that will, that will increase your blood levels from whatever the normal, which is about four or 500 millimoles per liter to up to a thousand. Uh, so you can get those levels up with only about hundred milligrams at, uh, per dose, absorbable one. So let's talk about a couple of scenarios here. So first of all, how would you check glutathione levels? Do you believe in checking in blood or urine or both? Or what's the so, best way to check levels? Yeah, most of the, I mean, if, if it's in the urine, it's already been oxidized. So there's no point checking the uh, glutathione levels in the urine. Okay. The only way it's stable is probably your blood uh, mm -hmm. because it is protein bound. So it'd be best to check in your serum as to what the glutathione levels are. Any other way, it's not going to be accurate results. Uh, that's the first thing you do. The second thing is, it's mostly you're looking at a spot because it, let's say your gluten level is, is okay at this moment. In three hours from now, you may have a low level. It's very hard to predict what the gluten levels are going to be at any given point. Only thing we can, we can predict is if you take a glutathione and if you know what the absorption is, 
and then you measure the levels in that time frame. you know if your levels have increased or not. So if you randomly check patients with glutathione levels, depends on what time of the day you check it, it can be low or it could be normal. Interesting. And so 400 to 500 is kind of where you want it in the blood. Would that be a good? That's the, that's the low normal. Low normal. That's okay. a low normal. So over 900 is what, what we consider as an optimum blood levels of glutathione. Okay. Uh, anything more than that, you can get very high, but it's again, if you, if you can use it in a time frame, if I give you a million bucks right now, and if I give it 20 minutes, you cannot spend the money fast enough. Yes, I can. I can figure it out. <laughs> well, with this internet speeds, yes, you can. But with 20 years ago, when I first told this joke, it was right. a dial-up modem. We cannot spend the money fast enough. Right, that's true. <laughs> I was like, I can, I can hit some buttons and I can spend some money. That's I can, true. I can take that challenge on. But uh, what? If, okay, so let's break it down now because glutathione has been recommended for everything from cancer therapies and reversing cancer to anti-aging skin and hair health. Does the dosing change amongst these different conditions? Is it the same, like aim for, you know, above 900, uh, what is it, millimoles per liter, you know, and anytime you draw labs and that's the number, no matter what condition you're dealing with, or is there variation depending on condition? So the dosage is only dependent on the condition as to how often do you want to use it? Because even though the half-life is only four hours, you're not going to dose every four hours for the rest of your lives to be right. treated. Nobody's going to be doing that. So I had to figure out, as if I do it once a day or twice a day, what's the fastest way I can reach steady state? And so they become less dependent on the products. Uh, so we figured out that if you use it twice a day for four to six months, you're going to hit pretty much every disease states that's, uh, that's out there that you're trying to treat with the results that, you, that, that, that you're expecting. After the time, they can go to maintenance dose of once a day. And the reason for that is because, keep in mind, glutathione is the only molecule that will recycle itself. So if it's going to recycle itself, you can measure the GSSG level and you can measure the, ox or the reduced glutathione level. And if the ratio is good, you don't need to take it uh, twice a day anymore. So you can do nice. once a day. Gotcha. But for active treatments, like if somebody needs to treat like today for some condition that requires continuous form from let's say four to five days, then you use it every four hours and you'll get the continuous around the clock treatments, which we have used for a lot of those uh, of viral infections like influencers and shingles and things yeah. like that. Just to build up the immune system so there what are other medications that are taking it? It's working for them. So fascinating stuff. Well, that'll change some of my prescribing patterns for sure. After talking to you, tell us a little bit about the book, the glutathione revolution. What inspires you to write it? What will le readers learn by reading it? Tell us a little bit about that. The most, the, the inspired, the inspiration came for me, for my family, because I could not convince my own family to read up more about glutathione because they keep on asking me this question. So what does it do again? Yeah. I said, oh. So <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, but that that took me a pathway. You know what? Let me just write that. Plus, there's so much information on it, right. and over the years, there's nothing bit not nothing clear has come out of glutathione because everybody is trying to figure out how to increase the levels. Right. We already figured out how to increase the levels. Now I'm putting back 
on into perspective on how to use it correctly and what diseases states that uh, that you should be attacking and how you can replenish yourself. So the people that are reading this book, I, I'm, I'm sure you, if you check the reviews out, it's been I've been getting a lot of phone calls from my uh, from the readers, and they love the book that is so simple to read. I've I've used a lot of analogies because it's hard to explain like oxidative stress. I'll probably give a story of what that means inside the right. book, so that it, it you can you can relate to it. Um, I have a lot of stories in this books. I have a 14 day plan to boost your own glutathione levels because I strongly believe that if you're in good shape and if you're young, there's no need for supplementation. You can boost your own levels just just do some simple steps, proper diet, exercise in moderation, reduce your uh, oxidative stress or your load, and you're you're right there. Uh, so anyway, so the book is going to help you understand, and it's become sort of a reference book for my family now. They stop asking me questions. <laughs> I love it. I would. I think it's such an important topic, and I do think it's the future. I think toxicity and all these issues, and the way we live, and what's in our air, and water, and food, and all these other things make. Uh, having glutathione so important as a part of the health picture. Dr. Patel, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to join me. If uh, any of my viewers and listeners want to learn more about you or the book, where's the best place to direct everyone? So right now it's the glutathionerevolution.com. I do have a website for the book itself. Uh, and they'll probably be the first place to start off with. It's unbiased, so it's nothing to do with what I do besides the book in there. Perfect. I love it. Well, thank you again. And for everybody else, thank you for watching this episode of Superwoman Wellness. Remember, we're on Spotify as well. So rate and review it and share it with your friends. I will see you guys next time. Take care. Bye.